Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me, every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Elaine Roth is the author of The Midnight Garden, a novel. Elaine is a New Jersey-based author who writes about young widowhood, grief, and dating as a solo parent. Her work has appeared on HuffPost, Refinery29, Modern Loss, and Scary Mommy. Her story was also featured on People.com and in the New York Times. She has two kids and an adorably neurotic rescue dog who keeps her busy when she's not writing or teaching Pilates. You can read her story on ReconstructingAYearInHope.com or connect with Elaine on Instagram at ThisYoungWidowLife. Welcome, Elaine. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss your debut novel, The Midnight Garden. Thank you so much for having me. Your book was really, really good. I really love your writing voice. I love the characters, the story, the emotion. Like, it was really good. 
Oh, thank you so, so much. It means a lot to hear. I read the whole thing and yeah, I really enjoyed it. You don't know necessarily from the cover what you're getting. Not that not that I don't love the cover. It's beautiful, but you just don't know. You could. It's because it's almost like a happy set. Well, you know what? I'll let you describe the book. Go ahead. <laughs> Elaine, what is, what is The Midnight Garden about? The Midnight Garden, it's a story of a young widow's journey as she's trying to find forgiveness and a path forward. There are elements of magical realism involved. There's a elements of second chances and romance and the kind of the courage that it takes to move forward after you've suffered this incredible loss. I don't know if that's like a great summary, but (laughs) that's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. You know, it's asking the same question of, can you find love again after you've lost the one you love, you know, unconditionally, right? What happens next? And I think it's, I mean, I hope that it's also asking the question of not even just, can you find love again, but can you live again? Is it, yes? you know, does it feel safe enough to move forward? Or even if it doesn't feel safe, can you move forward? Can you find that strength? And you have this one line, wait, let me just read it if you don't mind. You have this one line. I needed only my voice, my forgiveness, my permission, my ability to believe in myself. For two years, I buried my head in the sand, hid from life and played it safe, built a world where I had as little to lose as possible. I still lost because maybe it was never about building a life safe from loss. Maybe that's impossible, regardless of how small you make your life. The universe isn't safe. Bad things happen to good people and none of that is a reason to stop living. Maybe the real work is in finding a way to be brave enough to live every bit of the life that's left. So good. Thank you. Really meaningful. I had a feeling that that was going to be a couple of friends have screenshotted that part to me. Like, oh my goodness, like I'm sending this along. So I'm glad that, oh. that I'm glad that it's resonating with people because it's something be, I believe. I hate to be predictable. No, um, no. <laughs> not at all. But I really love that part. You lost your husband. Tell me about, can you talk about that? I yes. hate, I mean, I know that, what is your character's name again? Hope, of course, Hope and Will. You know, Hope doesn't <laughs> like having to answer it and Hope doesn't like hearing I'm so sorry and all of that. So I won't say any of that, but if you feel comfortable and it's not triggering to talk about. No, not at all. And I'm, it is, it's something not that I enjoy doing, but I do feel because I have this, like, I have this place to write and speak about it that it gives me a voice that I can give to other young widows. So I never mind asking, answering questions about it. So Matt was diagnosed with brain cancer in 2016. We actually, there were reasons that he said he might be one of the people who defies all the odds, his youth, some of the genetic markers. Long story short, which I've written about extensively, he, after 20 months, he lost his battle with brain cancer. I was 35 years old. My kids were six and eight. So it was all of a sudden this kind of this shock to my system because we just really believed everything was going to be fine. And then when it wasn't, it was kind of this trying to figure out how to navigate this life that we had never planned for. And I know you've been a vocal, you know, writer about this topic and, you know, young loss, young widowhood, all of it, motherhood. When did you take to the page? Has this been something you've been doing your whole life? Like, is this, did you have any reservations about it? Tell me the order of things. So it's interesting because I always wanted to be a writer and I started writing novels right after my son was born. He's my second one. And I said to Matt, yeah, I had retired from tax law and I said, okay, I want to go back to writing. It's my first, it's my passion. I want to go back to it. So I started writing there and I continued writing throughout his illness. But it was actually after he died that I started writing 
for myself in a way, just to kind of get the story out of my head. And then that, from that moment, I kind of feel like, right, I kind of figured out what I wanted to say when I was writing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's when I started writing about young widowhood, obviously, but parenting and a lot of the personal essays came in. And then I used that into to go back into the um, novel writing. Wow. So you had never written a full-on novel in its entirety or you had tried or what? I had tried some pretty <laughs> terrible ones that hopefully will never see the light of day. <laughs> but they were all stepping stones to learning. But I had never written a personal essay until wow. until just a few years ago. Well, I mean, I don't want to, I have to say, I'm sorry for your loss, even though you don't like that, but no, thank I, you. You know, I feel terrible that, that you had to live through that. And it's wonderful that you have turned it into something that can help so many other people. It's a real gift. And I know that writing can help both you. It's like when you give a gift, you get something out of it, like anything, like even the holidays giving it, right? Like you get something out of giving yes. and then other people get it from receiving, but you know, it's lovely you could do that with this experience. Yeah, it has. Yeah, I really started writing it just to get the story out of my head to, and for my kids to understand because with brain cancer and they were so young, you don't understand why the person, why your dad all of a sudden isn't acting the way he was always acting and why he's saying things he'd never said before. So it was really for them to understand what was happening. But then I kept getting messages from young widows who were reading uh, my blog and some of my writing. Thank you for putting this into words. I didn't know how to do that. And it really, I don't know, it really meant a lot to hear that because I was glad that I didn't feel alone. They didn't feel alone. I don't know. There was some like a nice kind of exchange of energy that we could do for each other. I have to introduce you. We have an author, Emma Gray, who wrote The Last Love Note, which is similar. It's a young mom. Well, she wasn't a mom in this, but, you know, a young I think you'll have a lot in common. Let me just oh, say that. I'll, I would love I'll, that. I'll introduce you offline. Oh, I would love that. I've seen her book, actually. I mean, I haven't oh, read yeah. it, but I've seen it, you know, in the book world. And I'm excited to read it. Yeah, I feel like there's this whole network of, which I'm sure you're tapped into, but maybe you're not. I don't know. Or I, I'm just learning about myself, but I've read a lot of books by young widows. I don't, I don't know why. I feel like my heart just, I love, I mean, not to say I, I love reading these stories, <laughs> but, you know, like I, I just... I don't know. There's something so universal and so beautiful about that authentic experience, even when people turn it into fiction. So like Melissa Gould, Widowish, have you read that book? I don't know if I have that one. Or I'm I'm going to put like a group chat together here or something because I feel like, and then there's one called Future Widow and there's um, Nora McInerney. Have you read her work? Yes. Obviously. Okay. And she was, you know, her, Ian died of brain cancer. Wasn't his name Ian? Didn't he? Uh, he anyway. might have. I'm not sure, but I. She was the one well, who started the um, Aaron, not Ian. Aaron, Aaron. Yeah, anyway, okay. not to not talk about your book, but I do feel that there's this new. Actually, maybe I'll just do an article about this now that I'm thinking about it. These <laughs> wonderful books about young widowhood and and what it can teach all of us about living better lives and loving more in the moment and not complaining so much about the little stupid things. You know, all of that is really important. It's a terrible price to pay to learn those lessons. So it's nice to pay them forward so other people don't have to pay the same price to learn them. When you were thinking about your characters and even how you had Will who came home because his mother had, you know, also grieving the loss of a husband who sort of fled town and he had to come back and manage the inn and he has a brother who's really struggling. And then Hope who is 
reeling from her own loss, although her husband dies in a car accident. You have them both in their sort of hometown, right? Like back dealing with this small town where everybody knows everything about each other, so much so that when one new person moves in down by the river, Maeve, it's like a whole big, it's a whole big to-do, and she already knows somehow everything about everybody, and everyone knows everything about her. Tell me about putting this in a in this environment and the setting and how that was important. I wanted to pull in a little bit of my experience, very exaggerated for the story, because I live in a small town, and the minute Matt got sick. It seemed like the entire town knew. I couldn't go anywhere without people telling me, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. But there was also this element of everyone then also rallying around our family. And then after he died, trying to be there as much as they could for us in the way that they knew how. You know, there were also the elements of people trying to say the right thing and saying something Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. afterwards, when you walk away, you're like, wow, that was definitely not the right thing, but good Mm -hmm. try. So I really wanted to bring that experience in because I think it's it's so common for people, you know, especially, you know, in this yep. day and age that you have these little communities and they're trying to also respond to this loss in their way. It's so, I mean, I was going to say it's so funny. It wasn't funny at all. But when we lost my mother-in-law, the temple, like my temple sent a care package to us. And I was like, oh my gosh, am I the person getting the temple care package now, like that's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I mean? like, it's very odd to that to be aware. Of, usually, I'm like trying to help put things together. You know, oh, okay. Like now, I, you, you just have to receive that gift and sort of deal with. You know, I, anyway, it's strange to be the person in the center of the storm. Thank you, thank yeah. you for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's strange to be the person in the center of the storm. That is a great expression. Yes, it really is. And yeah, having watched so many storms from inside, looking out the window. Right, right, exactly. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. What has been the experience since the book came out? I know it's a recent release and now it's in the world. Like, how do you feel about it? How have people been, been responding? How has it been for you emotionally? The best part about it has been, has been watching my kids' reaction to it. They 
they're so proud of it. They're so excited. My son came home the day after the book was released and said, somehow everyone at school knows you released a book and this kid dabbed me up. I think that's a high five now. uh How old are your kids now? They're in sixth grade and eighth grade. So my son just turned 12 and my daughter's 13. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, so that has been seeing their reaction kind of showing them like, oh, you can do what you like. You can follow your dreams even when these terrible things happen. That has been fun. You know, it's been fun to see strangers' reactions to the book because I know it and my family has read it and obviously they're going to tell me they love it. So it's fun to see, to hear what strangers think. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's been a lot of fun to see it. Not as big of an emotional roller coaster as I thought it would be. I think I kind of had prepared for it in a lot of ways. Wow. Does this inspire you now to write more novels? Have you... Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Have you already written another one or what? where are you on that path? I am right at the very end of the next novel, the first draft of it. Can you, can you talk about it? Uh, a little bit. It's a, it'll be a focus more on two sisters. I'm hoping if I do it correctly, it'll pull in the same elements of magical realism and little bits here and there. It'll deal with grief and forgiveness. Those are just themes that are rolling around in my head all the time. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, we need we need Maeve to help with the rain, you know, around the country. We need to like bring her to help with well, help with that. <laughs> and the funny thing is actually one of the biggest reader comments I've received from strangers is we want the next Maeve book. We want her prequel. Mm-hmm. We want her story. Oh, that's interesting. Which is super fun to hear and a surprise that I didn't expect. So I'll have to figure that one out and write that. Yeah. I kind of want the continuation of Will and Hope. <laughs> oh. Happens. I do. I want to keep seeing them. To get, I don't know. I won't say anything, but, but I would like that. I, so many books end right where real life might begin, you know, yeah. like the next phase. Then what happens? So Then it's almost even more complicated Yeah, when real, when real life comes in. When real life comes in. Oh, my goodness. What was your writing process like for the one you've just basically finished and this one? Like, where do you like to write? What's your... Do you have hours you write or habits or superstitions or a place you love to go? So I am a big, I'm an early riser, luckily. So I started writing and I've just continued it in early mornings. I wake up around five. So my best writing time is before my kids wake up because the minute they wake up, I feel like I don't know how to write sentences anymore. I can barely get the correct word out. My head is just scrambled. So I wake up, I get, uh, I have my coffee set up already. So I just go downstairs, grab it. And then come upstairs and write. And it's just such a peaceful time and such a nice way to start the day. And then when I'm really trying to get my word count in, I actually end up writing in my car. I drive really? the, wherever I drive the kids, I drop them off. I write, pick them up, take them to the next spot, write in the car. Yep. Good for you. It's always, oh my gosh. yeah, I have a little desk actually that hooks up to the steering wheel. It doesn't work as well as it sounds like it should, but. Wow. Yeah. Um, do you have a picture of that? Is it on social or anything? I have to look. Oh, maybe for maybe years ago, I posted it when I first got it. But <laughs> there are a lot of pictures of me on social media in my car. And that's <laughs> that's where I'm writing. That's where I'm living. Uh, do your kids play sports? Is that why you're all over the place? Or what? Just regular activities? Just right, Yeah, just regular activities. They're not particularly yeah. sporty, just regular activities and play dates and whatever they're doing or not play dates. I'm not allowed to call it that hangouts now. Sorry. I know I'm not allowed sorry. to either. I know I'm not allowed to either. <laughs> and I still do it. And I'm like, so sorry. 
That's the the one good thing these days about living in New York City is that I don't have to drive everywhere. That you know, oh. I'm not a good driver. <laughs> I mean, I I can do it. It's not my favorite. I get very easily distracted. But I miss about living in the city. I hate driving all the time. <laughs> Are you from New Jersey originally? I'm from um, Rockland County, so right outside the city, and then mm-hmm. lived for after college for years in the city. And then it was once the kids were born that we moved to New Jersey. And you were a lawyer. Did you always want to be a lawyer? Oh no, I want. I so I wanted to be a writer, and then I thought right. that was unrealistic. Sorry. I know you said that. Right, I, right. Yeah, I thought that was unrealistic. So I was actually went to Syracuse for public relations, and I did that hmm. for a bit. And then I realized public relations is a lot of work for very little money. So my uncle was like, "Do tax law." So, <laughs> is he a tax lawyer? He is not, but his dream has always been to be a lawyer. So oh. I think I fulfilled his dream for a little bit, and then. So I've popped around for a little bit, but it's always it's always come back to writing. Interesting. With the writing itself and getting your story out there and finally like achieving the dream that you've had all along. Like what has that felt like and what does it inspire you to do? I don't know. Like just talk a little bit about achieving your dreams and how you didn't give up on them. I mean, it definitely inspires me to keep going to say mm-hmm. like, all right, what's the next thing? What else? You know, I don't want to be done. Is It's kind of the the overwhelming feeling is I, I think, I, I mean, I think I can do more and I want to try to do more. And I would be disappointed in myself if I just said, okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. But to be here feels a little bit, it feels like I can think back to myself when I was, you know, eight years old. And it, never, it didn't feel possible for a kid growing up the way I was growing up. It just seemed like that's, you know, you get, you don't get to live that life. So it feels very exciting to finally be here. It's amazing. When you were going through, you know, the depths of, of grief, how did you keep going with two kids? Like, what was that? And were there mornings you just couldn't do it? And like, how did you get through that time of your life? The way that I describe it, and I can only see this in retrospect is it was, I, I never had trouble waking up and getting up and going for them because I knew that they needed it. Mm-hmm. But I really think in a lot of ways, I just sort of, I feel like I'd like shut us down is how I think is I just really focused on getting the three of us into this very solid space. So I know we weren't making that many social plans. We weren't doing that many things. We were really just together you know, and they were going for playdates at that time. I was allowed to call playdates, but a lot of it was that we were just sort of together. And I think that was a lot of the way that I did it. Mm -hmm. And then little by little, I feel like I can picture when our world started to open up and then obviously COVID hit and it shut back down, but. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You poor thing. (laughs) It's just so much. Yeah. Do you have favorite flowers? I do. I really love hydrangeas. Me too. <laughs> Those are my favorites. Hydrangeas and uh, orchids, which I cannot mm-hmm. keep alive. I will kill mm-hmm. any orchid that comes into my house pretty quickly, but I love them. Same here. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Well, do you have any advice for aspiring authors? The biggest piece of advice would be, it's so cliche to say, but don't quit. Mm-hmm. Just keep trying. I would say take every bit of critique and put it to use. You know, You don't have to agree with it. You can disagree, but think through why you got that critique. If you agree, if you don't agree, what you could do to address it in the way that feels right for you. I say, you know, don't be, you know, don't be embarrassed about taking writing classes. Don't be embarrassed by joining critique groups. Let yourself be terrible for a while. Just 
just do it if you want to. Just keep going. Amazing. I love that. Elaine, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for your book. Again, I really loved it. I'm having all these ideas as I'm talking to you about <laughs> connecting you to all these people and, you know, some sort of article or something. So oh, I would stay love that. tuned and we'll do something. But I really, you know, it, it's it's great to read something that's so accessible and relatable and just like authentic, both from the man's point of view and Hope's point, like Will's point of view too, right? It's, there are many kinds of loss and there are many kinds of ways to rebound. So anyway, congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue checkmark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 